In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in this passage today, a curious thing happens. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, very God of very God, not created, was baptized. Now, why do we get baptized? Well, we need to get baptized. Baptized is, you know, the first... uh, uh, and, the, and really, the critical step in, uh, in, in being saved. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We are regenerated. We are infused with the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Baptism is really, really important. So important that there's really three different ways that you can be baptized. The baptized, baptism of desire. You want to be baptized, but you just haven't gotten in front of a priest yet, or deacon, or really anybody. Because anybody can baptize. Baptism of blood. St. Alban, proto-martyr of, the, of Great Britain. He was martyred before he was ever baptized. That's a baptism right there. And of course, the way that most of us were baptized, which of course is you know, water baptism. But it is necessary for our salvation. You have to be baptized. All the good things that happen to us begin at baptism. But Jesus doesn't need any of these things. He's perfect. He is the font of the theological virtues. They flow from His very being. He is love. He is faith. He is hope. He is the perfect man. He is God. He spoke, John tells us, and the the world leapt into existence. Why in the world is He being baptized? Well, Paul goes into it later in the book of Romans, and he says that we are united to Christ in our baptism. We are buried with Him. We are resurrected with Him. And so our baptism unites us to, to Jesus in such a way that, that His life becomes our life. But, you know, the, the problem is, and this is, this is the problem that I've had so far, and this is my third attempt at this, this morning, is to, is, to, is to say in words, is to comprehend uh, the, the profundity and the, and, the, and the subtlety of what union with Christ means. I, I've been searching all week for a metaphor. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll give you mine a little bit in a minute here, but I mean, nothing that satisfies, <laughs> you know, doing the best I can, but it is just so difficult to understand what, what it means to be united to Christ. We can, we can glance at it a little bit. Men who go through the, 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 the travails of combat and, and all the, the horror and terror of that often are united. They're bonded together in that. They, they went through it together. And so they'll often, you know, meet year in and year out, or as often as they can, because they share that bond that really only they understand with each other. 
This is not a very good one, but if we all had the same tattoo. <coughs> but the reality is, and this is the problem is, is that we can't see it, is that we all actually do have the same tattoo on our souls. For you see, baptism places an indelible mark upon the soul. That when, when God looks down on us, he, can, he sees that mark, the mark of his, of his son who he loves. He sees his son in that. That's a pretty good metaphor. I just came up with that. <laughs> um, of course, God gives us this, the, you know, the, the bond of, of, of marriage. And yet, tragically, in modern times, marriages are, are so susceptible uh, to destruction Divorce, annulment, so forth and so on. But as I thought about that, I thought, yeah, but if a man and woman share children together, oh, that's a bond that's never broken. I don't care how many times you get divorced. You're bonded together in that life that you created with the other person. Does that touch it a little bit? We are in Christ, Paul says. Now, the mystics and doctors of the church talk about this union with Christ, and they give us this, the, the three ways, the purgative, illuminative, and unitive ways. They seem like stages, but they aren't necessarily stages, and I'm going to get to that in a second. The, the purgative way of union with Christ is where the believer, often a new believer, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a believer for many, many years. It could be up to the moment of your death where you are focusing on purging yourself from, well, hopefully mortal sin, but, but the venial sins. Mortal sins are, are honestly pretty, pretty hard to touch. Uh, matter of fact, I was, I was preaching to my little ladies at Brightview and, um, you know, it's a group of octogenarian women, and I'm thinking to myself, so there's not really mortal sin. As I mean, the only person in this room that probably, you know, could get close to a mortal sin would be me. Because I'm a priest. And much of what I do is a serious matter. When they laid hands on me, I took my soul into my own hands practically there, except I just have to lay them in Jesus' hands. But there is, it's very, very easy for a priest to actually commit, well, not, maybe not very easy, but it can happen. Yeah. Because of the, of the matter that we deal in. So please, all of you good people, be good Christians and go to heaven for me. <laughs> Beings that I got to answer for you. Just do me the favor. The second way, and again, don't think stage, just think way, is the illuminative way. And in this way, unlike purgative way, where it's a negation of something, where we're putting aside sin, we're, 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 we're seeing temptation and saying no to it before we cross that threshold. In the illuminative way, we are pursuing virtue, faith, love, charity, prudence, fortitude. Oh, good grief. Um, 
Temperance. Justice. Thank you. One of these days I'm going to memorize the cardinal virtues. But you're, you're pursuing those things. You're trying to, to grow and become greater in those things. To become more. So you're not, you're not engaging something, you're adding something. The unitive way is to be dissolved into Christ. It is to be blinded by Him. It is to see nothing but Him. This person is impervious to the world. There is no pain. There is no wound because there is no detachment. There is no attachment. This person is detached from the world and one with Christ. You say, well, that sounds pretty, pretty difficult to attain. And yes, it is, I imagine. And yet, the church has been filled with these people. Think of all the martyrs. Deny Christ and you get to live. Keep up with this, this, you know, proclaiming Jesus is Lord and we're going to start peeling your skin off or burning you slowly. Whatever kind of awful torture, feeding you to animals or whatever. And friends, there were little girls that endured this for the cross of Jesus. <laughs> if they were here today... I'd put them here and I'd sit down there and I'd say, tell me how you did that. To be dissolved into Christ, to only see him. I mean, wouldn't we all want that? Wouldn't we want to be supermen, impervious to the assaults of the world? No matter what happens to us, we're at perfect peace. Perfect contentment. Whatever heartbreak, whatever disease, whatever happens to us, we're okay. We're better than okay. We're great. That, my friends, is the goal. And it is not attained without a little bit of effort, for sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.